Well, welcome everyone to another edition of our infamous podcast where we solve all of the world's problems. No, we don't. I'm just kidding. Um, but solve we, we, some, cause some. We, yeah, mostly cause, <laughs> mostly cause more problems. Um, but anyway, uh, we are, uh, what week are we, I don't, are we four? Week four. four. Week four. Yeah. Week four of seven. Week four of, of seven. Uh, of our Better Together series, um, kind of directions that we're, we're, we're going for, for our entire church. And so, Mara, why don't you uh, catch us up where we've been on this series? Yeah, so basically this, this vision that we've kind of had as a staff for like what we want moving forward is this idea of um, God has called us to this ever-expanding, ever-deepening community. And we really feel like church is one of the best ways that we can express that and really live into it. Um, that it's supposed to be getting bigger, that ever expanding as we are looking to include other people, but not just to make those shallow connections, those things that just kind of crack and fade with time, but those ever deepening things where we really are joined together with one mind, one one purpose going forward. Um, but that kind of asks a lot of us. We're looking for, if, if your relationships are getting deeper, that's gonna take time, that's an investment. Um, and that can be really scary, especially if you've been in relationships in the past where you've you've been hurt in those and so we want the church to be a place of healing but that um, doesn't mean that we can neglect that that god really is calling us to communities that are growing and getting deeper mm-hmm. i think i think that's fascinating too that when when and i really had not think about it until he was saying it right there that's a hard thing to do i mean it, it's easy to say okay we want to be ever expanding in other mm-hmm. words we're always including people uh but then how do you still go deep as well and so that's a that's um attention in the church sure uh, that that's always there because the deeper you go into relationships oftentimes what happens is uh, that you become close to other mm-hmm. relationships um so yeah. i don't know no, no where it's going so let's that. let's yeah. solve that today yeah. I mean, we solve all the problems let's solve that jesus <laughs> jesus i mean it, it is it's it's it's, it's a miraculous thing i no mean it, it's what makes the church different and mm-hmm. you know when when paul talks about the church being you know all the differences in the church either jew or gentile and you know all those kind of things uh he's yeah. talking about these differences in the church that, that would uh, tend to um, restrict vulnerability and connection and deepening connection and intimacy, and yet somehow God can move even in those circumstances yeah. to to a deeper mm-hmm. uh, relationship. For sure. And and so I understand as a pastor, as I'm preaching this, there should be pushback mm-hmm. because this is not natural or easy. Yeah. Right. Uh, that we tend, if we want to go deep in relationship, we we tend to stay small. And, and our connection points. And so I, I think it's important that when we think about the church that um, this is important what we do, and I'm pointing towards the sanctuary. What we do in the <laughs> sanctuary is important in there. Uh, but if we're not building circles as well, uh, you know, that that's probably easier to build greater connections and uh, widening co- connection right. or expanding. But it's not always conducive to deepening connections. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It takes a lot of intentionality on both right because yeah. i mean it's so easy to go to just one or one extreme or the other and figuring out how to do both is a uh, that's significant and understanding that not every not everything that we do is meant to be both right like we do some things yeah. as a church that are about maybe that widening mm-hmm. um and other things more for that for that deepening right um which is a, a good, it's a, so I'm just saying like that, that's a good thing to, 
it's a good thing to evaluate why we mm-hmm. do what we do and the, the things that we do as a church and you know are we accomplishing one of those and yeah well and it's 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 a lot when you think about discipleship discipleship mm-hmm. is not just this okay discipleship is when i'm teaching the bible discipleship yeah. uh, is a wide gambit of activities mm-hmm. and and i truly believe discipleship begins even before uh, someone makes a commitment to Christ. No, I no, think there's sure. discipleship that Absolutely. happens there. And so when you're when you're thinking about this ever expanding, ever deepening um, relationships, I think that wherever you find yourself, all these things can be going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be connecting to newer yeah, people, for sure. and and in that relationship, it could be growing mm-hmm. closer. Yeah, good. Well, we just we just dove right in there, um, without kind of touching on what we touched on. Sunday. So, Paul, why don't you why don't you repreach your sermon okay. for us in thirty seconds <laughs> yeah. or less? Um, be vulnerable. <laughs> now, we, well we, we, we used a formula: time plus vulnerability equals deepening community, and, uh, and I think that's a that's a pretty good, simple way of looking at it, that. If you spend time with people and you open yourself up to other people, then then your relationship can grow deeper. And and I, and I don't think that's a that is a one size fits all. I got socks for Christmas, or actually, we got in a, in a, in a, in a white elephant gift exchange. I end up with some socks, and the sock says, uh, "One size fits most." Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was kind of funny, but but this is a one size fits all in that wherever you are in relationship, if you give time and you give ever uh, more vulnerability, then your relationship will deepen. It, it, it'll it'll happen. Yeah. I got slippers for Christmas. I asked for slippers They're for nice. Christmas, and I like it was at that moment where I was like, "You're old. I am old. Yeah. I just put slippers on my Christmas list." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, side note. That makes me feel better about the slippers I got Ryan for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. I love them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, moving on. I should have worn them today. What? What? So we're we're talking time plus plus vulnerability equals deepening community. Um, what do we mean by? vulnerable by being vulnerable what's that what's that look like what's that mean and you can't use the word vulnerable to describe vulnerability i mean i think it goes to that ideal of being comfortable being fully known Hmm. like being um you guys are gonna laugh because i feel like i always talk about podcasts or things i was listening (laughs) to but (laughs) this was actually somebody telling me about a podcast but they said there was this difference between the idea of transparency and vulnerability and that sometimes we push them together and mean that and say that they're the same thing and but there's really two different parts like if you're transparent um, she was arguing that that kind of means that you're just more willing to be honest about your past you aren't hiding where you came from you aren't sugarcoating certain situations in your life but vulnerability is really being honest about where you are right mm-hmm. now like and so sometimes people can feel like well i've told you my whole life story. i've been guilty of this been like i haven't kept anything from you i've been so transparent and i've had friends push back and be like but yeah but you're not telling me about right now i have no idea what's going on in your head right now and realizing that that piece of of, i I want you to know about me but i'm not sure if i want you to fully know me Mm -hmm. is i feel like where that vulnerability piece comes in i think i used in the sermon the 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 phrase authentic Mm -hmm. and and there's a two part there's two parts that there's the there's me being willing to be authentic and you allowing me to be authentic Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, that you know that you're not trying to change me instantly if I say this is where I'm at, um, mm-hmm. you find that a lot in, in the church. Somebody will mm-hmm. say, uh, well, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And, and oftentimes, instantly, we want to throw scripture at them mm-hmm. and change yeah. where they are authentic. 
uh, authentically feeling. And, mm -hmm. and I think that the, the danger of that is when we do that, the other person begins to think, well, I'm not going to share that because instantly they're just going to try to change me. Right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, that's, that's kind of how I feel right, right now. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, so that, that just, so maybe, I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to steer this away that I, that I have in my mind. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of vulnerability. And so then I'm thinking of obstacles to, to vulnerability. Um, and so just in, in thinking, what is vulnerable? How do we be vulnerable? Um, I re-listened to the uh, Brene Brown TED Talk of, uh, of vulnerability. I don't remember what the title is. Mm -hmm. um, Pretty good. But Pretty yeah, good yeah it's, definitely, it's definitely worth the, uh, the 20 minutes or so um, to, to, to watch that. But uh, she talked about worthiness. Um, mm -hmm. And to, to be vulnerable is to, uh, is to understand your worthiness. And so like I'm able to be vulnerable because I understand my self-worth. We talked about it, I think, maybe two weeks ago on our podcast, this idea of um, knowing what our self-worth is and knowing that, uh, that, that God, the, the way that God sees us, I don't remember exactly how our conversation went, but I'm just thinking through this and, and we, you have, the, you, you presented this scenario where, where someone says, I'm struggling with this and our automatic response is to kind of throw a Band-Aid scripture at it to fix it. Mm -hmm. How does that affect our worthiness? Um, cause, cause in my mind, that's like saying like, well, you're not worthy right, right now until you fix this. And so here I'm going to throw this, this bandaid at you to fix it and then you'll be worthy. And so then what, what does that do, man? That like that shuts down any, any desire for me to be vulnerable right away because you've said that I'm not worthy until I fix this. So, so maybe I don't know if you have thoughts on that or just other obstacles to being vulnerable that we that we come across. I think the worthiness, I can't say that. Worthiness? <laughs> worthiness. Worthiness that she talks about. I want to put an L in there. I'm not worthy. Um, that she talks about is so important. And and self-acceptance is, is another way I would phrase that. And, you know, and, and, and I've got to be, I want to be careful how I phrase this. I do and I don't. Um, you know, the, the reality is, God didn't reject us. We rejected God. Yeah, that's right. That, that, that's right. that God lives in this constant state of, hey, I, I want, I accept you. Uh -huh. Come. Uh, you yeah. know, Jesus says we're accepted. Uh, you know, there, there's that one scripture in the Bible that says that calls humankind uh, a worm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's in a song. So we think, oh, well, such a worm as I. That is not how God that's sees right. us. That's right. God does not see us as worms, mm -hmm. as unworthy. Uh, I mean, the, be the, the best picture of how God sees us when, when we've rejected him as prodigal son. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, you know, we live in this state of we are worthy of the love of God. The question is whether we will step into yeah. to that worthiness. Yeah, I think that's a good distinction because we do, like, a lot of times we use language that paints us it, like, as a worm or just just totally unworthy and just scum of the earth really like we we we, mm -hmm. we paint that picture a lot of times um with um with with like total depravity and, and things like that uh, but yeah that's not <laughs> what well, i mean that's good and i mean I like and it really i think it diminishes god mm -hmm. i mean if if i were to give uh, wyatt for a worm yeah that's the craziest thing in the world yeah to give to give a son right for a worm mm -hmm. um 
God, God didn't give his son for a worm. He gave his son for other children yeah. that he loved. Right. And, and I, don't, I don't know if that helps in being vulnerable. But I think where it helps is we start from this default point of God loves me. Mm-hmm. And and I am fearfully and wonderfully made, yeah. mm-hmm. and I am created in His image. And if there's rejection being done, it starts with me, not with Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I think there's also that piece of sometimes thinking that unworthy is the same as undeserving. You're like saying mm-hmm. like we've done nothing to earn sure, yeah, any yeah. of this. So Absolutely. like it, I think that there's very much that feeling no sometimes of like yeah I I. I did nothing to deserve this. I am, we are all equally undeserving of this, but also equally worthy and loved by him. So I think sometimes we're like, oh, everybody's worthy. Like, but you're not identifying this feeling that I'm feeling where I just, I don't deserve this. And I think that we can kind of speak into that. But I think with the vulnerability and with the feeling like, oh, am I, is it worth it? Or am I worthy of your attention and your, um, if I share my problems with you, when we sell them a quick fix, I feel like that takes away their, opportunity to be honest with us the next time we see them that maybe they're still struggling with that absolutely that and so they expect wait if that quick fix was supposed to fix this then there Mm. is something really wrong with me and now i'm more worried that i need to keep that a secret because that quick fix didn't work for me that's good for sure i'm so i i don't know my mind just like to talk about being vulnerable like (laughs) we got to talk about why we're not vulnerable so (laughs) so maybe this Maybe this question will, will kind of go there. Uh, as you've matured, as you've gotten older, have you grown more or less vulnerable? I think, and, and I talk about this later, and, and maybe, or it's in the notes later. Um, as children, I think you're more vulnerable than as adults. So something happens to us along the way that I believe begins to impede um, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's we get a brain. And we realize that we don't have to tell everybody what we're thinking right at that. I mean, maybe there's some sense in that. Yeah. Oh, maybe sure. some. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so maybe there is some that that's good about that. Um, but but I know you know hurt, um, sharing and realizing that someone is not keeping your confidence. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I I think um, anytime you're in leadership. <laughs> I'll just give it, I'll be vulnerable here. Please do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody comes to me after a sermon and says, hey, great sermon. I always take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it's, you know, I appreciate it, but, you know, it's it's always, okay, sure, right. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and I think that is that is because in in leadership, oftentimes what's said to you is not what's said about you. That's right. And, and, you've, and you learn that. Uh, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's the reality. For sure. Of, sure. of, of position mm-hmm. at times. Absolutely. And you know, you, you both are now in leadership positions mm-hmm. uh, and Mara, it's a little bit of a different leadership position. And, and I'm sure that you've seen some of that mm-hmm. in, in this short time or the two years, I guess not been that short of a time yeah. now. No, no, it's so interesting. <laughs> I actually came across a, a document that I think I did right after I got hired here talking about some of my strengths or like areas that I thought would be more of a struggle or a growing space. And in between reading between the lines, I feel like that vulnerability piece was definitely woven in there. And for me, I feel like, yeah, there was definitely as a kid. Yeah. You're like, you're super honest. And then you reach that point where you realize that you don't have to be that honest. You can conceal things. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes parents freak out when their kids start lying. And I mean, it is, it's the most 
like otherworldly experience when you're watching your kid just up and down <laughs> tell you something that is just flat out not true, but because yeah. they really think that your they, kids lie to you. I know. No, I, like I've been blessed that that has not been a huge, huge hurdle for us at times. Um, but yeah, just that moment where you're going, I know that you're lying, but especially when they're both like two of them are in on it and you go, but I don't know which one of you is like, I know that somebody is, um, but as an, as I've like grown, I, especially, I feel like over the last few years, I have just realized how much it has cost me in the places where I have not been vulnerable and I should have. Hmm. And I've realized that where it's cost me in relationships where people made assumptions about me based on the way I presented myself because I was being inauthentic in what I was saying or how I was showing myself to the world. And so it has been very difficult for me at times because I've realized what inauthenticity or lack of vulnerability has cost me. Mm. And I'm paying for that still, but I'm also like, I don't want to keep making deposits there. So mm. uh, just to be yeah, totally honest, like yeah. this is definitely an area where I'm like, okay, I'm tired of paying for those mistakes mm -hmm. and I don't want to keep going there. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm just, I'm thinking of the, the kids and, and mm -hmm. as we grow older, uh, and I think there's that element of shame, mm -hmm. which ties so much into the creation story and the fall. Um, they, you know, they and Brittany Brown, they, she talks sh about shame. Yeah, a lot for sure, and for sure, daring greatly, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just that, like, man, when you're a kid, like, <laughs> there is no shame, right? Like, you you just you're just living. You have no awareness of you know what other people are thinking about you. Um, and so there is just no shame, but there is, and so like, I mean, it just, it, it does, it parallels the, the story of Adam and Eve where like, there's that moment of realization that like, that you are vulnerable and then there's, there's that shame aspect. So like, it, it just makes sense that as you get older, as you mature, maybe you, maybe you don't get worse at being vulnerable, but it takes a whole lot more work mm -hmm. to be, to be vulnerable. I'm so for my answer for my question, I, and I don't, I don't know how to fully reconcile this, but as I'm thinking through this, like I found that as I've matured, being vulnerable with God has become so much easier, mm -hmm. but being vulnerable with people has become much more difficult. Hmm. In other words, so like when we're talking about worthiness, like, I mean, I've never been so uh, sure of my my worthiness to God. Uh, even as I say that, that sounds really like, like man, I, yeah, I've got to go right, on. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm just, I'm fully convinced that that's who God is and that's, mm -hmm. that's how God sees us. I'm fully convinced in that. And so like, there's no, like at, at this point, there's very little like questioning of my worthiness before God. But like worthiness for other to other people is is a bigger struggle. Um, part of that I think comes into our positions. Like we're on staff, we're seen as pastors, and so like you like feeling like I'm supposed to think and feel one way. But does that make sense? What I yeah. <laughs> so it like I like I said I don't really know how to how to reconcile this, but like I'm feeling like in terms of worthiness before God, like I, I'm convinced of that, but like when it comes to worthiness to other people, like that's a struggle. Is it a question of worthiness or trust? Yes. <laughs> Cause see, I, I don't struggle with worthy worthiness. I don't know why I have trouble saying that word. Uh, I don't have struggle with that so much, 
but I do struggle with trust. Yeah. Can can I yeah. trust somebody with this? Hmm. Um, can can this be misused? Yeah. Uh, and and so I. I, mm. I understand yeah. the no, worthiness of it, but but there there is I mean the reality of it is, as a pastor, mm. there's expectations, um, you know, and, and I don't want people to listen to this podcast. I want pastors has no faith and he's out sinning, but I don't <laughs> share every thought on my mind, sure, uh, because I don't you know there's that there is a position Absolutely. that you yeah. have to be concerned about, yeah, um, yeah, and it can be misused, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that's probably a good kind of a good distinction there of the of the trust and just or even so maybe it's trust, maybe it's worthiness of like living up to expectations or like this is who you're supposed to be or this is you know does that make sense? So I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a trust thing, or a worthiness thing, um, but and even trusting yourself, uh, you know, as, I, as I'm thinking about it, I mean, there, there's things that you. Um, as we're sitting here thinking about what we're saying here, I mean, there's directions we could go that that you know I, I'm not sure if I've sorted that out in my mind enough yeah. to go that direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so so yeah. so you know you don't share everything because yeah. sometimes you're still it's still forming in your mind sure. and your theology and, sure. and God's conversations with you. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like we went way off on a rabbit yeah. trail there. <laughs> it's good though. I mean, it, it's. Yeah, it's it's the reality of, of vulnerability and obstacles and, and things like that. Um, so we, I, I do think there's a lot of this that, that does just, it just goes back to the fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so you see this, um, you know, they're unwilling to be vulnerable, unwilling to be seen mm-hmm. uh, in, in the fall. And it, and it makes, you know, we talk about um, the, the, the effect of the fall. Uh, well, is is the effect the effect of their fall self perpetuating? In other words, is their lack of vulnerability, their lack of commitment to relationship, their their lack of willingness to be seen by God of receiving each other properly? Is is that the cause of all these relational things that you see mm-hmm. later on? That's not God saying, "Hey, I'm going to curse you now with this," but you've chosen this path, and then choosing this path, there's this pain and this this all this struggle mm. that you're going to have to go through. Yeah. And somehow you've got to come back to this point where you allow me to see you, mm-hmm. that you understand that I see you as worthy, uh, that, that I want to accept you. Um, hmm. and, yeah. and I really hadn't worked that out completely in my mind, but I, I think there's a lot of that in the story. Yeah. No, I was thinking, like, just prior to the fall when he talks about, like, them living together. And, I mean, it, it goes so far as to point out to make sure everybody knows, like, they weren't wearing any clothes. <laughs> but, like, depending on which translation you're like, either it says, like, they were unashamed or they, there was no shame or they had no shame. Yeah. And so I think that the fall introduced that feeling of shame. I mean, I feel like that is that has been the one of the biggest um, repercussions of that. And what has been hard, and I think we see this over and over through history as we're reading through the Bible, is this idea of us not knowing to, what to do with that shame. Instead of seeing that shame as something that points us to being fully known and fully loved by God, we see that shame as a part of us that we need to kill off and numb and hide. And I mean, even to the point now you look at around at, in our culture right now, shame is, yeah. is the enemy, it is your enemy. And if you are feeling ashamed, you should not. Nothing should be able to make you feel that way. Like we talk about all these ways that we can help other people to feel no shame, mm-hmm. but we aren't really talking about 
pointing them towards towards the actual way that they that we feel unashamed, which is in the presence of God. And so when we talk about shame and what that does to us, I just think that um, we're yeah we're we're missing the mark when we don't see it as a symptom of our need for God, but instead just like the symptom of our human nature that we just have to wrestle with on our own. And isn't it true though? And 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm really struggling whether I should say this or not. In the church, shame's been used <sighs> so often that that oftentimes in churches I've grown up in, and and maybe in this church, I don't know. I hope not. Too often we use shame as a way to shape people, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's a wrong a wrong direction we we unpack that a little bit more yeah <laughs> like yeah I just, I just want to hear hear you hear more about what you're what, what, you're what I'm saying is we tend to guilt people into things mm-hmm. more than draw people into things mm-hmm. that if you don't if you don't give if you're not mm-hmm. serving in this way if, if if you're not if you're not vulnerable enough <laughs> if, <laughs> you know that that we use shame to direct people, um, as opposed to a call to wholeness, um, mm-hmm. to being authentic and allowing mm-hmm. God to make the changes. Um, I don't know if I can develop it anymore because it, no, ju- yeah, it just hit me that, yeah. that yeah. That's good. and that that is a um, from people outside the church. They look at a church and say, "I don't need more shame." Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, that, and you know, you'll have people that won't come to church because they've been shamed enough, and they see churches as as, mm. as shame festivals, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I don't know what the balance is there because there there is you know conviction is this ideal that hey this wasn't this isn't wrong and God's calling me to more. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you saying because I'm here hearing you and I'm thinking so we aren't maybe necessarily saying these are the wrong conversations but maybe that they're happening between the wrong people that is it's happening outside of a deep vulnerable relationship people maybe feeling like without even knowing someone very well, that they can come in, like, in effect, speak conviction on you, that you should be doing this, you should be doing this. And if it's not coming from that place of, like, of, of a relationship, that maybe that is where, like, you're using guilt, but you're not really talking with someone through about maybe what shame they are feeling. I think Does that there, make sense? I think there's some truth in that. And I, th- I think there's also some truth in, um, in the ideal that the focus is not... <laughs> The, the focus is not what where you're falling yeah. short because mm-hmm. we're all That's falling right. short, but the focus is on where God's calling yeah. you. That's right. yeah. And so it, it's not so much, hey, you lack here, mm-hmm. but God's calling you here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think that oftentimes our focus is more on where people lack mm-hmm. as opposed to how God loves them and is calling them to something more. Yeah. Does that make any sense? No, it yeah, does. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm just thinking it's, it's, it's almost like a difference in what the – end game is in that shame or that that guilt and so i i think an unhealthy way that this plays out is like you need to do this 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 and stop doing this so that you will be worthy or so that um god will accept you as opposed to like you're worthy and god accepts you so let's let's explore how do we best live into what God has for us? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that goes back to, Paul, you, you kind of touched on it very briefly, but I, I, I like it. Um, 
so a lot of times we see this, you know, the, the curses of Genesis 3 as like these curses, punishment kind of things, as opposed to like, no, this is just the, this is the way things are when we choose that, mm-hmm. um, that, that way of life. And so I'm just thinking through that, man, like, yeah, when we, when we shame within the church, like a lot of times it is presented as like a, in order to receive God's love or in order to, to be considered worthy, you do this. And, and so we call that out as opposed to saying like, you're worthy and God is inviting us into something much better. Um, so I think it's kind of what's our end game or our, our end goal in, <laughs> in those conversations. Can we jump down just a little bit? Yeah. I'm sorry. Jump away. No. Um, after the fall, Adam names Eve. Hmm. Um, I think there's a connection. Shame can be a power move. And, and I think what you're seeing um, in the fall is that Adam and Eve begin to uh, try to assert control over one another. Um, and, and sometimes we do that through shame. And in the time of Jesus, that's definitely what the Pharisees would do. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, whenever sure. they'd have these rules and, and people would begin to meet them, well, they just up the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now here's more shame. We yeah. have more control. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there is a connection no um, between <laughs> vulnerability, control, and power, and shame. All those things are, are, are working together. Um, oh, wait, so, sorry, did, were you, did no, you have no. one about um, I, I, and it's a, I think it's almost a way to cover up our own shame mm-hmm. as well. Like I'm just, and this is a, this is a tough su- subject. And at times it may, maybe it sounds like we're bashing, <laughs> bashing, or, or bashing the, the church and, and yeah. that's not the goal. But the truth is, is like, we've gone through a period, you know, if you follow other churches and, um, Christianity in America like there's been a history over the past handful of years where like things have come out about significant leaders in the church um, and I just can't help but think of like and, and so sinful lifestyles or, or whatever moral failures whatever you want to call them um, but like these have also been the voices saying this is what you have to do in order to be a Christian and then it's uncovering and and then like things come out and it's uncovering these significant moral failures. And I can't help but think like, is this, is this a a power control grab in order to cover up the shame? Does that that make sense? What I'm, what I'm thinking through? Yeah. So it's, so I, I guess I'm like, it's, power and control to shame other people but like is there also an aspect of it that is power and control that if i'm controlling other people then my stuff stays hidden <laughs> push back on me if you if you yeah. <laughs> or no, I mean, are you totally lost it can be like yeah, a bit of that shell type of a game where as long as yeah i keep you looking here or you keep your focus here <laughs> your focus isn't on me as much I mean I think the other side of that is the people that have used their significant clout to preach a gospel that isn't true to make themselves feel better about 
the gospel that they have subscribed their life to. I mean, mm -hmm. I think there's a significant, if I just keep saying it loud enough and keep getting enough people on board with me, then that covers up my, that's dissonance that I'm feeling with, with how I'm living. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. I think there's a lot there, but I don't, I, I know. <laughs> need more than a couple minutes to think about that. Yeah, we're feeling real vulnerable right now. Jeez. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there is, I mean, all these things, uh, you can't solve them in, in 45 minutes in a, in a podcast. But, I mean, I, I think the call is the same. The call is, okay, be authentic, be real, give space for people to be real. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, and, and see, our culture doesn't practice this. Uh, our culture practices, I mean, you see oversharing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and overreacting mm -hmm. I mean you see both I mean so somebody shares somebody reacts and and that's that's how the culture is is moving right now in a in the wrong direction mm -hmm. um, with that where I believe there should be a willingness to share as opportunities there and mm -hmm. as it's right and as it deepens the relationship with the other person and it deepens your relationship with God and with people who are slow to speak mm -hmm. and quick to listen yeah. uh, you know I don't know the, the, the longer I'm in this the more listening seems to be the the, the, the key to this mm -hmm. that that the more we're willing to listen and the slower we are to say mm -hmm. uh, the better um, the better off we'll be we, we're just so quick if mm -hmm. somebody expresses a need we're so quick to try to meet that need with our words yeah. mm -hmm. um, that sometimes it's the listening mm. that's lacking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we also live in a time where, I mean, information is, okay. is power, it's currency. And so there's an extent to which, and I want to say we don't even realize we're doing it, but like we hear and people share things with us. And it's almost like you, in them sharing their stories, you realize that they are giving you power. Mm. They're, you're, they're sometimes giving you ammunition that you could use at a later date. And so I think sometimes that takes a reframing of as someone is sharing and being truthful and authentic and honest, to see it more is that they are giving you a gift to mm. safeguard yeah. versus that they are just <laughs> giving you this stuff to use against them. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we start to feel like I'm gonna pull from it, oh, I'm feeling better about myself because at least I know that I didn't do what that person did. <laughs> like, I, I, I just yeah, think that, sure. I don't know what I wanna say there, but, um, I, don't know, I think there's a difference between using what people share as building up this this ammunition and just seeing it as something to safeguard. Mm -hmm. That's good. I have no idea where where, where we're at on time. Uh, well, or anything we're like probably that, pretty but, close to the, yeah. the end of time. Yeah, we, not the end of time. End of time. <laughs> well, maybe close to the end of time. That's, That's a day. whole other podcast, and we don't have a charge for that today. Um, but <laughs> um, at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so assuming we're approaching time because I, I wasn't paying attention, um, maybe, I, I'd, I'd maybe just, so the truth is, is that p people have been hurt in different relationships, mm -hmm. and so that uh, is, a, is an ob obvious obstacle to vulnerability. Um, what, I don't know, maybe just some very practical ideas or encouragement to, to someone who has even within the church, um, been vulnerable and has been hurt. How do you, how do you navigate that? How do you continue to be vulnerable while not completely ignoring what has happened? I know Paul, you talked a little bit, I think in staff meeting a little bit, uh, about what that looks like. So maybe just 
some ideas, very practical things. There. Well, forgiveness is a vulnerability practice, but it does not mean you have to be vulnerable to that person. Reconciliation is being vulnerable to the other person. So, so it's possible to forgive someone and be vulnerable in that forgiveness and, and not move back into that relationship with reconciliation mm -hmm. and, and allowing the person the opportunity to hurt you again. Um, and and I, I think the phrase that, that I've used is the question is not who, but if. Mm -hmm. so, so, I mean, we're, we're not called. I don't believe we're called to be vulnerable to every person. It's impossible. It's impractical. Nobody lives like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but what happens is, is typically someone will hurt us and will withdraw from everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I guess just seek, seek someone else, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, continue in relationship uh, and, and continue in the process. I, I think in this sermon, I use the phrase that vulnerability is a process and, and it is, it, it's a, it's a process. And, and, you know, we're not expecting everybody to share their mm -hmm. deepest, darkest secrets every time they're with someone. Uh, or when we gather in the church, but we're, we're hoping that people develop connections that as God reveals, as God grows, then the, the relationship can deepen. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's right. I, I like that, that process idea. So <laughs> the truth is, well, again, with everything, we try to try to do quick fixes. And so like, okay, the solution is just to be vulnerable with someone else. Well, like there's, there's that process of, of working through that. So like, Take your, I guess, take your time in, in yeah. figuring out who, who those people are that you can, uh, and you know, test the waters and dip your toe in the water a little bit, and uh, as opposed to like, just finding other people and just <laughs> spilling everything out. Um, well, and, and so you can be authentic, mm -hmm. and not overshare. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, there's a big difference between saying, "Hey, I'm great." when you're not great yeah. mm -hmm. and then sharing all the reasons you're not great. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you begin that process with, is, is someone willing to begin a dialogue that's honest with me? So yeah. mm -hmm. how are you doing? Well, not, not real great. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you'd be praying for me. Yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with yeah, unspoken sure. prayer requests. Yeah. <laughs> they are good. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I love that. I feel like I yeah, look for the person that when you, when you're willing to crack just that, just that smidge to say something like, Hey, it's not been a really great week. Look for the person that presses into that with you and doesn't just pat you in the arm and say, Oh, hope next week is better. <laughs> like, so I feel like yeah, if you're, if you're kind of speed dating, you're looking for somebody who might be a good, a good person to, to trust your your vulnerability with it's that person that leans in and says oh i'm really sorry to hear that can you tell me more about it or is there something this week that i can be praying for that would go better so kind of yeah you can you can kind of test the waters out and maybe your first moment of vulnerability with that person is to say you know what i'm really bad at opening up i can't believe i just told you i had a bad week because i'm yeah. really bad yeah and in the moment it showing that yeah. so i don't know some things to think about yeah i'm reminded of it you ever you guys watch seinfeld a little grown yeah. up. So yeah. Seinfeld, George decides Jerry's, I, don't, I can't remember what's going on, but Jerry's open for George sharing to him. And so George <laughs> just shares his deepest, darkest secrets. And then the next scene they show Jerry, and he's just like this. <laughs> <laughs> so pay attention to yeah. body language. <laughs> yes, yeah, pay attention yeah. to that reaction. But also, and also be, be wary of, like we talked about, those that offer quick fixes. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, quick yeah. Fixes. Like, or I'll, I'll pray for you, or hey, you should try this, or... You know what? I mean? Yeah. 
Because truthfully, it catches some of us off guard when somebody responds. You expect, like, the social contract is, how are you? Good. Okay, good. Yeah, how are you doing? For sure. So there are times when it, it catches me off guard yeah. when I'm like, when someone's whoa, not like, great. that person didn't answer. They were great. But in yeah. my mind, I already started to move on mm-hmm. in the conversation. So I think that's there's true. a practice even don't be the one to offer the quick fix. That's, yeah, yeah, that's good. I always that's there's true. a guy playing basketball at St. Paul's Nazarene in Kansas City, and he, he fell, and he broke his arm, so he wasn't okay. And but somebody said, are you okay? You know, when you're an athlete, you always say, yeah, I'm okay. And he went, no. <laughs> and we laughed about it because he's just like, no, my arm's broke, dude. Leave yes. me alone. That's great. That's great. Well, if your uh, arm's broke, say it's broke. Yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to hide it. No. Um, any, so just let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Any, any thoughts for kids, teens, um, what this looks like for us? Man, one of my favorite quotes, I I think it's Frederick Douglass. If it's not, just somebody tell me. But it's on my wall. But it's the whole idea that it's easier to build up a child than repair an adult. Hmm. And when I, I, the whole time I've been sitting here thinking about this, I've been thinking, my kids, my kids, and a lot of the other kids are right in that prime age of starting to really understand feelings of guilt, feelings of shame, feelings of wanting to hide themselves, not just from me, but also from God. And I've just been kind of racking my brain thinking about what are, what are practices, what are things that we can be um, using in our family to actively work against that innate feeling of needing to hide. Like I think of times when I can tell my kids don't want to talk about something and it's tempting just to be like, okay, fine. Well, they just go to their room, like they'll just come out in 15 minutes and everything will be fine and they'll be better. And I'm trying to be more, um, I don't know, pushing into that a little bit more and say, okay, it's fine. You don't want to talk about it right now, but I want to talk about it later. So you pick the time, you pick the place, but like, I do want to talk about this. And so I feel like when we let our kids start to pull away and hide from us, just as their parents, we're losing ground too in their feelings of control that they can pull away and hide from God. Hmm. And so I just think it's really important to be aware of this idea that a kid that doesn't want to talk about something, you, I think you really want to, unpack that and find a way to to not let them escape into that inner i i I don't know Mm -hmm. just that like when the shame is too much and they don't want you to look at them they don't want like that's what adam and eve felt they're hiding from god in a garden and he's like where are you and they're like well we didn't want you to see us like that's how our kids are feeling Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's over silly things like they spilled the milk in the kitchen but they'll run and hide and so i just think we need to see that that is a visible showing yeah. of what we do yeah. in response to shame. Yeah, that's good. I think as you're saying, the kids are, are starting to feel that mm-hmm. that shame and whatnot. I would say for teenagers, like this is the time where they're starting to uh, feel the repercussions of being vulnerable. Um, like, mm-hmm. you know, how many countless times have we heard, you know, like, I thought she was my best friend or whatever, and, and mm-hmm. then she mm-hmm. – and so uh, I think, yeah, teenagers are just – that's the that's the time where they start uh, really being vulnerable, um, and then unfortunately that leads to leads to hurt. And so um, I, I don't even know what to. <laughs> I, I I guess my my encouragement there is just to and, and so as parents like um, helping helping our, our our teens to think through who is in your kind of inner circle um, like who is it that you are allowing yourself to be vulnerable to um, and, and, I, and I guess so maybe that's just a 
kind of a protective kind of thing. Like we can speak into mm-hmm. that. Not that we control everything and who they're, who they're with, but like we can have those kind of training conversations of like sure. um, understanding that when we're vulnerable, like there is, I mean, by definition, being vulnerable opens yourself up to this hurt. And so let's talk about who, who are we vulnerable with? Who's in our, our inner circle. Um, and, and, and I also think that that provides us with significant opportunities to respond and react when that hurt does happen, that we can, we can kind of model something going forward because the truth is the hurt doesn't stop when we're teenagers. Right. And so, um, if that's a training ground of where we can shape that, like, and set them on a trajectory when they are adults and they experience that when maybe they're in a church and they experience that, like they've been given a, a blueprint, if you will, to, Mm-hmm. Uh, on how to navigate that. Do you think there's also a piece in there of challenging our kids to be the kids that are safe to be yes, vulnerable with? Yes, absolutely. Like because it's absolutely. like if you didn't like that that happened to you, well then don't you be yeah, the person who right. did that to somebody else. Absolutely. And I think that there's an accountability there sure. with our kids. For sure. Yeah, that's good. And I would say this as somebody that's seen kids and teens. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important as, as kids, it's easier to do those things mm-hmm. to 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 be empathetic with them and and show them mm-hmm. God's love. It's kind of a weird thing as they become teenagers, yeah. it's, they accept that far less from mom and dad. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why it's important they're in youth groups mm-hmm. and yeah. they're around other adults that model that yeah. mm-hmm. because they begin to see, because you don't always see that in the school. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully in our youth group with, yeah. with our small groups and with, yeah. the, with Josh and, and his other leaders, they are able to see others other than their parents yeah. mm-hmm. right. um, For sure. that model that and demonstrate that. For so sure. that, not that it's not important, they're not here as kids because they, they, we model that in our children's department, but no as, as they grow into teenagers, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's almost natural they disconnect, or I don't know if they disconnect, they begin to say, well, that's mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but no, the hope sure. in the kids' department is that they're making those friendships that yeah. grow with them mm-hmm. to youth groups Good. and that, sure. that becomes sure. their. Yeah, I was Absolutely. reading a thing today um, earlier this week, and it just said, like, what if the best way for our kids to truly know God is to spend time around other people who know God? Sure. And, like, just for this sure. idea of that, yeah, if you're an adult, like, you, like you're feeding into... Our, our children, our teens, just by being around them. Because yeah. discipleship isn't, it's not just that, oh, this concentrated time, this year, this year, it's the walking and together. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, good. Cool. Well, I want to pray, yeah. unless you guys have anything else profound to speak. All right. <laughs> God, thank you so much for this day, this conversation. Um, God, most of all, thank you for your love for us. And uh, thank you that you see us as worthy. Uh, maybe not deserving, not something that we've earned, but just because you created us, you've counted us worthy. And so we thank you for that. God, would you help us to live lives of, of vulnerability? Um, give us discernment in, in where to be vulnerable and who to be vulnerable with. Um, and God, I pray that um, God, I pray that as we do that, relationships will be strengthened, connections will be strengthened, even here within our church. Um, a culture of vulnerability and, and growth and relationships will, will thrive. Um, God, thank you again for your love, for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys.